This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. Good morning, everybody here on this Saturday. Give us a call here at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, as we uh, go for three hours on uh, uh, game, uh, the last, believe, believe it or not, it's the last uh, week of the preseason. I mean, of course, uh, already training camp wrapped up on Thursday. This will be the last preseason game. All those different things are in in the books right now. Then we're ready to head into the regular season in a couple weeks. Uh, trades are, Gardner Minshew is already traded. So <coughs> let's get into some headlines. Well, Gardner Minshew ended up getting traded from Jacksonville to Philadelphia for a sixth-round pick. It can be a fifth-round pick, you know, based if he plays a little bit. Um, but Minshew ends up leaving Jacksonville, so it looks like uh, the Jaguars are going to go with C.J. Beathard as a backup quarterback. Minshew goes to uh, Philadelphia, so that's going to be it. Uh, in as far as other news in the National Football League, I mean, pretty quiet yesterday. Not a lot of a lot of activity, even though again, you know, we were in that cut down stage. Yeah, you, know, you have four games that were played, and of course, four games that uh, you know, in five of those games. You know, starters did not play, which, of course, is now one of the usual things that happens now. They're not playing a lot of starters. But uh, you have the Mariners losing 8-7 to to Kansas City. That's two losses to uh, Kansas City, a team right now that's not very good. So that's that's not good because that, you know, really hurts the chances of the uh, Mariners getting into the playoffs. But uh, so what, what can you do? you got to try to do the best you can. So 8-7 loss. So continue this afternoon with another game to try to see if they can you know get back in they're 10 games over 500 right now but uh not not a good spot after that loss yesterday and the loss on thursday to the kansas city royals and those are our headlines 866-979-ESPN 206-421-ESPN let's go to jb in renton hey jb hey mr clayton how are we feeling the fine saturday oh hanging in there not awake oh, yet, but you'll you'll get up eventually. But you know, trading Gordon Mitchell, would they like the Bedford kid better? I mean, uh, Bobby Bedford's grandson, they like him better at, who, at the backup. I, I it's like Urban Meyer. I, I I just don't understand. I mean, it's like I I just think that uh, you bring a college coach in who has no NFL experience, you give him power for uh, in the front office and all that different stuff. I just think it's a, it's a waste. It's bad. And so it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. no, go ahead on, Mr. Cleet. Yeah, and it's You're like, uh, I, 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 I mean, like for example, he goes out and he pays over ten million dollars a year for Joe Schobert, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's uh, trading him to Pittsburgh, and then they have to pay some of his salary. I mean, give me a break. I know. I know he's making some decisions that's very questionable, you know. And that's the thing, you know. You know, being when the coach, you know, the coach can be involved in player personnel and stuff, guys that he wants on his team, blah blah blah, what have you. When you get involved with all the minutia, like a general manager and things like that, I think it can be a little, a little risky. Screw that can cause a problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, you know, if you look through the history, there's been some people that have had success, but there's people that have failed at that and you got to throw caution to the wind did did they allow him 
to over, you know, do too much on that team, or he's going to do too much. You know, it's a building process over there right now with what they got going on. But, I mean, Gordon Mitchell, I thought to me, was a very formidable backup. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I don't understand where he's coming from as far as what he's doing right now as far as that's concerned. But we'll find out because the first game is against Houston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, and, and, again, it's like you're, you're on a team that won one game last year. You take over a team that won one game, and you're giving away talent. How do you do that? Yes. Uh, you know, you know, you remember Randy Mueller, Mr. Clay? Yeah, sure do. Yeah. You're right. Randy Mueller said this one time. I heard him on the radio. He said, if you give away talent, you better have somebody that can replace that talent. Mm-hmm. If you don't have somebody that's going to replace that talent, it's going to show. You know, and I don't know. I don't know. He, 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 I, Mr. Clayton, my hands are tied on that. I don't know what he's doing. No. I don't um, know if he if he feels that going to the draft next year, he's going to hit pay dirt, I guess. You know, if, if, if he's got him believing that he's going to build that team through the draft, I don't know what he's doing as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, I, like I said, I thought Gardner Manchu was a pretty formidable quarterback. You know, Philadelphia undoubtedly, hey, we'll take him. You know, mm-hmm. so hey, you know, you don't see them doing too much anyway this year. No, uh, no, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna be yeah. awful. Yeah, they, they're gonna, and, they, and again, that. the problem is when you when you hire a guy that comes out of college and has no pro experience, and again, this has happened now for uh, almost fifteen years or so. Uh, the only uh, one that's had a winning record has been Chip Kelly, and I wouldn't call Chip Kelly a uh, successful NFL coach. And because you come in, you get too much power, uh, you make mistakes in the roster and all those different things, you make things worse, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, and you know, Chip was the only one that had a winning record, but was he a winning coach? No, he wasn't. And no, he like, wasn't. No. No, the only winning coach I ever saw come out of college and be successful at it was Jimmy Johnson. Right, agreed. Jimmy Johnson was the one, you, you look back in history, let's go back to Cleveland, Lou Holtz went to the Jets, what happened? Mm-hmm, terrible. Nick Saban, Nick Saban went to Miami, what happened? Uh, it didn't work. Ran out of there, right quick. You know, the thing it is, you can, you can, you can bully 18-year-olds and, 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 and get them to do what you want them to do, but when you start dealing with a guy that when you drive up in the parking lot, he has the same car as you, and he has kids, that's mm-hmm. a different scenario. Yeah, because you're dealing yeah. with adults. You're not dealing with, dealing with teenagers. Nope. And then also, you think about it, the talent in other teams are probably just as good as your talent. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to strategize and figure out how to beat that other team. Right. Instead of just going in like Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer at Ohio State or Florida. Some weekends... He just had better talent. Right. That game was a given. It was just a given. When you come to the NFL, the margin of error can be one play that can make you lose a game. You see? Mm-hmm. So it's a totally it's a totally different situation when they when they make that leapfrog from college to the pros. I understand that. I want to give them as much as much control on my team as they as like Shai Khan did. I, that's you know that shows you some teams how they can never get out of the bottom of the basement. Mm-hmm. 
because of their decision making. And that's a problem. That's a problem. I think that's the problem the Jaguars have. You're right. Decision making is poor. It's poor. So you got to see what the Jets do this year as far as getting out of the bottom of the basement. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's decision making at the top. Yeah, and 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 in the case of Urban Meyer, how do you get better when you trade a ten million dollar uh, linebacker to Pittsburgh and have to pay some of his salary? It's you don't it's, get better. No, you don't. You don't get better. No, you don't. You don't. It, 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 it's just once again, Mister Clayton, it goes back to the decision making. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. Ever since Jimmy Johnson left and his staff left that team. I mean, they've had some decent years. Yeah, but haven't, but won, had, haven't, been, haven't been to the Super Bowl. In almost, what, 23 years? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. You see, that, that's that decision-making. You've got to you've got to recognize it. Only sometimes to me, you, you own the team, that's your team, that's your right. But I think some owners should humble themselves and let the football minds do football. Mm-hmm. You, right? Right. I mean, I'm not going to tell you I can coach that team because I own it. No, it's not like that. You need football minds to do football. And you sit back. If they they can't get it done the way to your standards, then you replace them. But, hey, Urban Meyer, we're going to find out this year, Mr. Clayton, it might not be too good. It might not be good in Jacksonville. What what do you think about They won. They won one game last year. And they have mm-hmm. the, the talent level is so bad. I know. <laughs> and they let some of you know, Jalen Ramsey, they let all those good mm-hmm. players walk. I mean, that was the staple of their team. You you can't just replace him with any just anybody off the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and he's doing it now. He's just letting them walk. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you must have a better plan than, than it's foreseeable. You know, at Trevor Lawrence, I, you know, I feel for, you know, when you go to a bad team, it's going to reflect bad on you sometimes. So and and, and even, uh, even though he did name Trevor Lawrence as a starting quarterback, I mean, you know, say what you want. They hired Daryl Bevel and they hired uh, Brian Schottenheimer, but the scheme that he's in doesn't look good. It doesn't right. fit him. That comes to mind. They're trying to equate a pro a pro scheme with a with a, a spread. Mm-hmm. How do you get those two to mesh? Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to equate a college spread with a with a pro a pro scheme. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's either or. Either you go all in with the spread, or you go to a pro set style offense. I mean, I, I, to me. The best attribute for a young player is to run the ball and let him acclimate himself into the passing game. Right. Hey, yeah. I mean, and they, now they lost. They lost ATN for the year. Well, first off, it's like why? Why do you take NTN, a running back, in the first round when you have James Robinson, who you know made the hundred top one hundred list of the NFL Network uh, top one hundred? He gained over a thousand yards as an undrafted. Uh, running back last year, and uh, you take a running back in the first round. Hey, Kim, hey, I guess I guess it was to please Trevor Lawrence. They were college teammates. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. 
I mean, what do you think it could be other than that? Mm-hmm. It was to please him because they were college teammates. Right. You know, yeah. And I know, I know Robinson actually was a formidable running back last year. Mm-hmm. He was very productive. Yes. I agree with you on that. I, I, the, the decision making over there is, is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We'll, we'll, we'll watch this drama play out this year. Right. As far as that's concerned, you'll watch it play out. You know, it's it just, it, I hope Trevor Lawrence the best. I hope him the best. What do you think about Teddy Bridgewater winning that starting job? I, I think it's okay because, again, you can see, particularly after watching him, that what they want to do is, uh, you know, win in September because you got uh, Vic Fangio, who's 0 and 7 in his two years in September. And so now you, you get the quarterback who's going to make less mistakes, who can come in, try to do some good things, and, uh, you know, get him off to a good start. Because if not, I mean, he's going to lose his job. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a problem. But, you know, that's going to be a situation that he's going to have to. I think Teddy Bridgewater, I, I think he's a little better than, than Locke mm-hmm. in some aspects. He won't hurt you. No. He's more he accurate. Yeah, he's more accurate. He's not. He's going to make less mistakes, and he's good enough to at least get. Again, is he great? No, but again, no. no but you know, it's like he he can at least give you a chance to get off on an easy schedule to a good start. I mean, they open That's up. They open up the about. season. They, they played the Giants, uh, Jacksonville, and the Jets. That's nine and thirty-nine on the combined records. They should be three and zero. Oh. They should start off three and zero with their defense and the way and the way they they do it. They should they should be three and zero. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they definitely should be. Kansas City is still heads and above above mm-hmm. everybody in that division, but they should start off three and zero. Yeah, yeah. If anybody can challenge Kansas City in that division, I think it's them. Well, I, I I know I think it, you know, Denver's mm-hmm. going to be good. I think they're a wild card team. I think the Chargers have a chance to to at least challenge the Chiefs because you look at Justin Herbert, he was the uh, rookie of the year. Uh, they got mm-hmm. a new coach, chance to uh, do it. We'll see you know, we'll see him tonight uh, when they play the Seahawks, but I think that's a good football team. Yeah, I, I like him. I like him, Mr. Clayton. I just like what Denver has on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. I like the Chargers. Don't get me wrong, Justin Herbert is a nice quarterback. Right. He's going to be great. Yes, but I just like what the Denver has on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. I think they could sustain and, and help out Teddy Bridgewater right there with their defense. Does is San Diego's defense up to par like that right now? Well, San Diego doesn't have a te- San Diego doesn't have a team. Not San Diego. You know, I'm always forgetting that, Mister Clayton. There's the LA Chargers, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But does the Chargers have a defense like that right now to help um, out Justin Herbert? Yeah, I think they do because you know you look at the. They're switching to a 3-4. That's going to be an adjustment, but they have talent on defense. You know, the seven teams that had coaching changes, they're the most talented team. And even though they're making an adjustment to a 3-4, I still think they look good. Hey, JB, got to run. Mr. Clayton, we'll talk next Saturday, my friend. Have a Uh, good weekend. All right, sounds good. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton shows 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Raider Jim. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hey, good morning, John. How are you? Uh, Good. How are you? I'm doing great, John. Hey, congratulations on the uh, 
Hall of Fame trifecta. It was uh, great to see that you were inducted in the Tacoma Hall of Fame with your wife, Pat. Isn't that great? Oh, that's great. I mean, that's who can say that? What a special what a special day, what a special honor. I mean, a Hall of Fame in Tacoma, and you know, Pat and I were able to go in at the same time. That's great, John. It was really great to hear that over the airwaves earlier this week and last week, too. So good for you. Um, finally, 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 Cliff Branch is now a selection for yeah. the Hall of Fame, and it's it's nice to see, I mean, the honor awarded, albeit mm-hmm. posthumously, similar to Ken Stabler's recent induction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just uh, takes time, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and you know what? The more I hear you say it, uh, the more I agree with it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, it's finally starting to make sense. There's just so many. I mean, I think earlier this week in the broadcast, folks were talking about Randy Gratishar. Now he was a Bronco, but that guy could play. Oh, yeah, I mean, no doubt. He, he was great. He should be in. And uh, so hopefully the Hall will make that decision going forward. Now, it's my understanding, uh, I, I listened to an interview that I heard from uh, the Houston Chronicles, John McClain. Now, he's your colleague as a Hall of Fame voter. Right. And he said that formalities aside, he is in for all intents and purposes, so he's going to be inducted. Yeah, but of course, I mean that's the that's the one thing you, you know. It's and uh, you you could say that, but then all of a sudden you get into the room like yeah, you know, we'll get into the room on Tuesday and start to talk about the contributors, and it's like uh, you you never know for sure because okay. you know, it could it could switch and do all those different things. But you know, it's like Cliff deserves to get in, and uh, that's great. At some point, Lester Hayes might be able to get in. Oh, thank thank you. That's that's correct. I I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jim Plunkett. I mm-hmm. mean, he won two Super Bowls, John. Yeah. I mean, he was—he wasn't flashy, but he got it done. And, yeah. You know, it, it just and then and a great human being altogether. You know, McLean was also saying that he once asked Al Davis, you know, all of the great players that have put on the silver and black, who should be inducted, and without hesitation, he said Cliff Branch. I mean, you had to game plan for him, and right? You could not ignore him, or it was at your peril. I mean, the guy has three rings. His yards after the catch and TD stats remain significant. And all this in the face of when the game was a lot different. It was more run-focused, and defenses could actually play defense and mm-hmm. were not as toothless as they are now. Right, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it, it, sometimes you, know, you just wait and wait and wait. I'm not on the senior committee. I'm not on the coaches committee, although, again, I was the one who pushed to get the coaches uh, a separate vote. And uh, thank heavens. And, you know, it should have been uh, Mike Holmgren over Dick Vermeil this year, but uh, didn't happen. But because, uh, again, yeah, I, th- I couldn't agree with you more on that one, by the way. And, and that was another thing I was going to talk to you about is and it was brought up in a conversation. I think you were having with uh, Paul Gallant and Danny Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and some of the OK, look, we, you and I have been talking about bias or apparent bias in journalism when it comes to uh, certain things. I mean, problematic penalty calls and unfair focus on a given team. And it was interesting that Danny Kelly was taking, you know, saying that, you know, people that do his type of work actually expect fans to think there's an unfair bias on the team that they follow. And so it was really actually great insight to hear what he had to say about that. So I'm wondering for you, I mean, looking back, I mean, what are your thoughts, for instance, on the Seahawks first Super Bowl appearance against the Steelers? I think most objective observers, observers would say, you know, I mean, I think that they got – I think the penalties really switched that game. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really ludicrous and influenced the outcome 
in favor of Pittsburgh. And I was just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, in particular, like, you know, calling the first half on uh, in in the end zone on wide receiver, that didn't go well. I mean, it, it just turned everything around. And certainly, you know, Holmgren, you, you'll look back and, you know, how upset he was as he should have been with the calls on the field. And it did affect their chances of winning that Super Bowl. So it's no like uh, it, uh, more more so than just about any other Super Bowl you can remember. Right. And then, you know, about Holmgren that's interesting, too, is, you know, he was a player. Mm-hmm. He played for a while. And uh, and there is no way in God's creation that Reggie White would have come to play for the Green Bay Packers had it not been for Mike Holmgren. Mm. I'm, I'm certain of that. I don't, I don't know about that. I think that— Oh, is uh, that right? Well, it's Ron Wolf. I mean, Ron oh, Wolf's a general— Ron Wolf, man. yes, but who's the coach? Yeah, Mike you Holmgren, know? yeah. Exactly. And, and you, you know, it's 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 that thing. you got to have the front— front office and you got to have the, the coach out there and and the and the athlete who can make these choices as reggie did mm-hmm. had to had to keep that in mind he's not going to go to a coach he doesn't believe in but he, he obviously at that time he didn't know who mike holmgren was probably well that's right but he but he did his intelligence mm-hmm. and i think it worked out for everybody and it actually created a resurgence in the prominence of the green bay packers as a force in the nfl which is always nice to see well what it what it did is it uh, it gave the uh, the Packers the ability to sign uh, you know really good players who minority players who can come in and help that franchise. I mean he opened the door and that's what he did and he did it so well. Indeed, and I mean just it carried on that legacy. I mean Charles Woodson ended up mm-hmm. there for a while before he went back to Silver and Black, and he won a Super Bowl with them. Right. I mean that, that, that there's that legacy right there. Holmgren was always also very sharp. He was he was always very kind to the fans. He was always really great with the with the media. I think he does media now in the Bay Area, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I, I really do. I really do. Although Dick Vermeil was a great guy, there's a college coach for you that actually did well the NFL, John. Mm-hmm. So you guys were talking about that earlier, and he was one of the rare exceptions, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. But uh, I mean, that's I, I'm just not a believer in Urban Meyer. I just don't see it. I know you're not, John. He's a winner, though, John. Johnny's a winner. He's mm-hmm. gonna win. He is gonna win. Who? He, Urban Meyer record is remarkable. Yes. Yeah, he but not in win. the pros. Oh, I don't know, John. Come <laughs> I don't on. Know. I don't know. You know, he's he's a winner everywhere he's gone. He's won, John. Every, he's, yeah, but everywhere uh, these college coaches who have no NFL experience go, do they win in the NFL? And the answer, yeah. other than Jimmy Johnson, maybe to a degree Dick Vermeil, they don't win. Yeah. Well, he was with a moribund uh, uh, sports program at the University of Utah. Uh-huh. And what happened when he was there? They won. A kid, a kid came out of there named Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the guy knows how to win, and he knows how to coach. And, uh, you know, we can, we can question everything about I qu- him. I question him. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I don't like what happened to, to Menchu, by the way. I think that was a mistake mm-hmm. for sure. That guy can play, and, and you know, if you put him in it, and he—that guy's a gamer, right? I don't care what they say. The guy can play play ball, and, and he's—you know what? You throw him in any situation, he's going to win. Mm-hmm. He's just got those—he's got that it factor. So for Meyer not to have acknowledged that, it, I think is going to be something that's going to be significant. They're going to look back on that. They're going to say, "Okay, we made a mistake." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So that's one among others that you've been talking about with JB, for instance. Hey, Jim. Hey, thank you for the phone call. You bet, John. Take care. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Renton. Hey, Mike. 
Morning, John. Morning, how are you? Good, how are you and Pat doing? Uh, doing well. Good. Hey, I want to congratulate you and her for getting that award. Isn't that great? Yeah, I'm happy for you, man. I mean, we're in the we're in the Tacoma Hall of Fame. She's now yeah. had she's now in two Hall of Fames because she got South Sound Bowling because she wrote bowling for 19 years uh, at the News Tribune, and I'm in three because I got Duquesne University, I got the Tacoma, and now and also the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I got three. Wow, was there a large turnout? Uh yeah, there was. Did you get down there on time? Because I heard you on the radio said that you were going to fight traffic getting down there. Yeah, it, it, it took some time, but uh, we made it. Yeah, that's good. Hey, John, you going to that game tonight? Yeah. I'll be on the sidelines. Oh, okay. Hey, John, when is cut-down day? Tuesday. Tuesday, wow. Boy, did you watch any of that Steeler game last night? Uh, I didn't see it, no. We had Friday night date night. Oh, okay. They uh, they played a lot of second, third, fourth stringers. They mm-hmm. looked terrible. They looked like a college team. There were a lot of missed tackles, arm tackles, and... It, it, they just look bad. I'm interested to see who who Tomlin keeps and who he cuts. He's got a lot of big decisions to make there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just uh, curious. I got a real good look at Ben on TV. Man, he looks really good, man. He's yeah. lost a lot of weight. I know. It's it's funny because I know that I was on with Pat Kerwin on uh, Moving to Change yesterday on Sirius. And, you know, he he went to the Steeler camp and was talking to Ben. And he says, I, I've been in good shape now for about four or five years. Well, not this kind of shape. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes you wonder why did he do this five, six, seven years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. You know, he should have learned a lesson from Brady. Yeah. Hey, John, I want to ask you something. As of right now, bar injury, who are you picking to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, Kansas City, and you can say Tampa Bay, but I just think it's hard to repeat. And yeah. with Tampa Bay, what you worry about is that sure they were they didn't have a lot of injuries last year. You know they uh, were the fifth uh, in the top five for fewest number of missed starts, and now they bring the entire team back from the Super Bowl, and now they're the oldest team in football. And I think they risk a lot of injuries, so we'll see how they go. But uh, you know Tampa Bay, I think, has a decent chance, and you know uh, Buffalo's going to be in the mix in the AFC. We'll see about. The teams in the AFC North, how they stack out. But I think right now the favorite's going to be Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I agree with you. I think Andrew Reid's too good of a coach to uh, not come back because he's going to go back next year and look at all those game films and say, hey, what went wrong and let's clean this up and let's do this. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I've seen their last preseason game with uh, Minnesota. Man, they look good. Yeah, they did. Oh, Mahomes, man, he is throwing the ball nice and crisp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I expect Tampa Bay and uh, Kansas City to go back. I don't see anybody in the NFC challenging uh, Tampa Bay. Do you? I mean, you can say the teams in the NFC West. They're they're the main they're the main teams right now. They, they what, can challenge Seattle or Seattle San and maybe? San, Seattle, the Rams. I don't know about San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to bounce back. We'll see where Arizona is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think th- those are going to be some of the teams that can do it. Because, again, people people aren't giving Seattle any credit around the country. Yeah, I know it. they got a pretty pretty good roster there. Boy. Yeah. They're going to do some damage there. Yeah. They're going to be a serious team to contend with. But a lot of people are now c- counting them in, especially ESPN. Mm-hmm. They're counting them out. Yeah. They're writing them off, and I can't believe that. 
Well, and I think what it is is the overreaction to the stupid story about uh, Russell Wilson criticizing things, and they think, oh, well, if he's criticizing things, they stink. They yeah, don't they go stink. With... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get that. It's just they just criticize, criticize. Mm-hmm. They're just biased. That's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, John. Good talking to you. You take care. Okay. Great. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on seven ten ESPN Seattle and seven ten Sports dot com. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. Let's go to Brian. Hey Brian, how are you? Well, I'm good, Mr. Clayton. How are you? Doing well. Hey, Bob. I'm uh, I wanted to talk to you about Rashad Penny, but before I do, I'm a San Diego State guy. Hall of Fame Don Coriel needs to be in there. Mm-hmm. Very uh, influential guy. Only guy to win a hundred games as a college coach and an NFL coach. Uh, he, he deserves to be in, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that so, uh, this year, and again, I'm not on the senior committee that also voted on the coaches this year. I thought it was going to be between Mike Holmgren and Don Coryell, and then uh, you know, it turns out to be Dick Vermeule, so that caught me off guard. And now it's a matter of, okay, how, you know, it's like uh, next year, it is, I think it's going to be between Holmgren and Coryell. I think Holmgren needs to go in before Coryell, but I mean, Coryell has been up four times for the. Uh, you know, at least in the voting for the Hall of Fame, and uh, hasn't made it. But so much of that is because, again, you have a coach going against a, a player, and the player is always going to win those battles. So now, I mean, it's coach yeah. against coach, and you know, Vermeil won this year. Uh, we'll see how it goes between Holmgren and Coriel next year. Well, I really hope he gets in there. I think he really deserves the honor. Mm-hmm. So. Agreed. Uh, as as for uh, Rashad Penny, you know, I've been astonished at how snake that he's been yeah. uh, with the Seahawks. Uh, you know, he's, he was a heck of a back, and he had NFL-level talent. And I understand that the, uh, the Mountain West is not the SEC, but uh, watch any of his tape. And, you know, I just I, I wonder what has happened to him, and I, I, I think the Seahawks are probably going to be done with him, maybe even before the – the end of the year what do you think yeah i mean this is going to be his last year here you would have to think because again i can't see him being cut because he got get he's got guarantees in his contract as a first round pick and i don't think anybody's going to trade for him but uh yeah i mean right now i mean you look at it and you start to say you know i'm thinking alex collins right now has the best chance to be the backup running back because we haven't seen a lot out of uh out of penny but I mean, Penny got to pick it up, and this is a this is probably the most important game for him tonight. Now he came out, did some good things, but not enough last week in his debut in the uh, you know 2021 preseason. But uh, you know he needs to do more. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you. I just uh, wanted to say hi and first time caller and great show. Thank you. Oh, hey, thank you. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. So we're, we're taking your phone calls and, of course, hope that everybody has a chance to, uh, you know, get in on the line here. We're here till 11 o'clock at 930. We're going to talk to Greg Bell from the Tacoma News Tribune, 1030. And we'll talk to Dave Grosby. And so we got a lot on the agenda here. So uh, 
Again, hope that uh, it goes well. Last night, of course, Kansas City did look good. I think there's no question about that. Unfortunately, again, with the the games being, a lot of them being early, didn't get a chance to see, you know, uh, the early games because, again, we had dinner and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, Pittsburgh did have a bad game. Uh, You know, Dwayne Haskins looks like he's probably going to win the backup job, although Mason Rudolph played a little bit better from what I gather. But, uh, you know, you kind of wonder how that's going to go. And again, the big news today is Gardner Minshew being traded uh, by Jacksonville. He goes to Philadelphia for a conditional sixth round pick. They could go into a five based on if he does play a little bit for the Eagles. Eagles right now, not very good, but good move to be able to get uh, Gardner Minshew because I think he has a chance. You know, he is a he's a, he's a good quarterback. I mean, he showed some good things last year, starting for the uh, Jaguars, and uh, clearly he was not going to beat out Trevor Lawrence. Although, you know, our Urban Meyer almost screwed screwed that up because he kept on waiting and waiting and waiting till the middle of the week before announcing him as a starting quarterback. But I think he owned it to Garner to trade him. But again, how do you get better if you're Jacksonville and you're trading talented players? And that's just what it is it's like hey it's great to have draft choices for the future but again draft choices for the future don't help you win now and uh it's not like they have enough talent to be able to win now so i think it's a very bad situation in jacksonville and i don't see it getting any better with uh with uh, urban meyer as the head coach so your thoughts on that your thoughts on so much more your thoughts on the nfc west call us at 866-979-ESPN 206-421-ESPN john clayton show 710 espn seattle this is the john clayton show on 710 espn seattle and 710sports.com 866-979-ESPN 206-421-ESPN let's go to irish Mankey. irish Mankey, how are you Mr. Clayton and fabulous, and I hope you and Mrs. Clayton are enjoying your uh, weekend. Uh, so far, yeah. We had a good night last night, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. And so, Mr. Clayton, first of all, um, passage, I don't know if it was mentioned last week or not, but Bobby Bowden passed away. Yeah. And uh, the Irish next weekend play in Bobby Bowden Stadium on ABC at 430. That's going to be, although Florida's Irish are favored to win, Florida mm-hmm. State's not quite like they used to be in the in the good old days when they played each other, but I'm sure there'll be a whole lot of inspiration and motivation in Bowden Stadium. Right. Anyway, good game. So, Mr. Clayton, the big news was uh, the mouse that roared, which is the Pac-10, the Big Ten, and the uh, ACC. Uh, formed that alliance, but it's a paper tiger, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, because it, 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 yeah, it's like I'm still trying to figure out what the alliance is because I mean, it's not like they're they really were definitive in how this works. Oh no, they were pathetic. Uh, the, the hope is that it'll be eight conference games with four non-conference games, mm-hmm. and the scheduling of the non-conference games supposedly would be or should be uh, with the other two conferences. Yeah. Well, huh. they they are, you know, there's a big meet on September the 28th, the playoff uh, committee meet. And, and so in part, I think they were trying to position themselves to think they've got any kind of say in that process compared to the, you know, the SEC. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's a paper tiger. There, there was, There's no revenue sharing, no future schedule agreements. 
no conference expansion, no information on any of that stuff. No. The stuff that matters. Oh, and the killer, the killer was that um, the day after, the day after the, this big, big news flash came out. Oh, by the way, it wasn't covered by anybody. You know, ESPN didn't touch it. Uh, nothing. It was like I said, the mouse that roared here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day after this big announcement of there's a conference alignment between these three conferences, USC signed an agreement with LSU to play in Vegas uh, Labor Day weekend in 24. Mm-hmm. One day after the announcement. So, and when you look, there was a, th- a site that I went to and and. They discussed all these open dates in that 24, 25, 23 period, right? Right. None, none of, of these teams are playing anybody uh, in their conferences. They're all trying to pick off games with the SEC. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, very, very, very baffling. I mean, I... I... It's like, I know that uh, we're seeing major changes in college football. I don't think, I don't know if I like it. Well, yeah, no, there, there's the unintended consequences of making, giving kids uh, money uh, misguidedly earned, you know, through their likeness uh, mm-hmm. program. Uh, and, 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 many, and like you said, well, is it safe to say maybe the NCAA as an organization is, is on its way out? Yeah, you, you kind of think so, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway. Well, Mr. Clayton, the Irish are coming. I know you're going to hardly oh, wait for that, oh, huh? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just so thrilled. I, I, You know, it's a destination viewing next weekend, huh? No. Oh, Mr. Clayton, come on. Bobby Bowden Stadium, Florida State fired up to, to pay tribute to their fearless leader. Mm-hmm. You, you know... I believe he he's credited with this this phrase, but but I I always seem to remember it coming from him uh, discussing when he had a problem with with the referees or just there was something wrong. Right. Uh, he he's he was his phrase was uh, he had been bamboozled. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that attributes to him or not, but uh, I th- I thought it did. It's a great phrase. Yeah. Bamboozled. Huh? Bamboozled. So, Mr. Clayton. Hawks tonight. Yeah. You, uh, you're working? I'm gig? working. I'll be on the sidelines, yeah. Oh, fantastic. That must be really nice and fun. Uh, there seems to be some doubt about the success of the Seahawks this year. Where, where do you think, uh, what's the over-under on games, do you, you think, just right now? In your I, I'm, I'm thinking 11 wins right now. What? I'm thinking 11 wins. 11? Oh, that's, that's a lot yeah. higher than the Nationals' consensus. Oh, the, na- the Nationals, I think, are so far off. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying who's, you know, I, no. I trust you more than I do the Nationals, but it's just interesting. To, I mean, I, I thought I heard some, read something or saw, heard something, six or seven. Oh, that's ridiculous. I know. I'm just saying, uh, yeah. you know. So anyway, to be determined, isn't it? Yeah. We'll see how it goes. All right, Mr. Clayton, you have a fantastic, wonderful day. And remember... The Irish are coming. Uh, there we go. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Chris in Everett. Hey, Chris. Hey, John. You were funny, man. You're like, whatever to that, that guy, the one that I could call her before. Right? Yeah. You're, you're a funny guy. And I was just start laughing. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, 
um, questions here. Um, so, I, um, so I want to know if the, when the Raiders probably will win the Super Bowl um, and it'd be that one. I know the former Husky linebacker, he's out for the season. He tore his ACL. I read that. I know mm-hmm. that's true. Um, so, anyways, the Super Bowl for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, like I heard about you, like you're talking to that one guy about it might be like Tampa Bay or Kansas City, or do you think it could be Seattle versus Tampa Bay? I think Tampa Bay is I mean, I, I think Seattle's in the mix. I mean, it's like, oh yeah. I, I don't understand why people are ignoring the Seahawks. I mean, they're better with the pass crazy, rush. John. Yeah, it, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, they yeah, added to the offense. I mean, it's like they won 12 games last year. Oh, yeah. that You know what, John? I know. Why do they have to? We are... are for, I mean, we are the champions, I mean, since 14 mm-hmm. of the Super Bowl. You know, it's just like, you know, I, I agree a lot with what you're saying about that. And then the Seattle versus Kansas City, that might happen in 22. Yeah. You know, so I'm a big Seahawks fan and a 49ers fan. My mom is from Chicago. I'm a Bears fan. Right. You know, so, you know, with all the other Raiders fans, you know, hey, I'm a Broncos fan, but hey, I like football a lot. So, anyways, um, um, like you told me a few months ago, I think you told me like the Pac-12, those 12 playoff games, you said they're going to start in 22, mm-hmm. next few, about next few months, right? Is that right. correct? Right. So anyways, and then I heard your um, the show with uh, Bob and Wyman. Yeah. And then you guys were talking about Slayer. That's one of your favorite groups. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty. See, mine's like Creed and everything. So anyways, John, um... Well, you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tonight, and go Hawks. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Chris. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.